0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Goal Line Podcast. I am your host, as always, Russell Goddard, and we are in the full swing of it. Exactly 30 days, 30 days until the NFL draft, suite number 3-0, so time is coming uh, free agency is kind of starting to wind down now. We still got some free, big free agents out there, obviously. Your Bobby Wagners, your Tyron Matthews. You know, there's some there's some good O-linemen. There's some players out there already. Veteran guys that honestly are going to come in on Super Bowl-ready teams or teams that are looking to really upgrade at some positions. They think that maybe they're just a few key pieces away to try to make a run. And, I mean, they're all veterans. Like, Tyron Matthew, Bobby Wagner, like, they thought that their market was bigger than it than it is. And it's not. You know, and it's a little bit of a reality check. You know, so we're still winding down with the free agent. We got the owner's meeting uh, that, that's going out right now in Palm, Palm Beach. Uh, I think actually tomorrow's the last day. Just like a little three-day thing at owner's meeting. I'll get into that. Uh, the Bills, the Buffalo Bills, have to be thanking their lucky stars that they drafted Josh Allen. Because they, Josh Allen alone, Josh Allen, the kid, from Wyoming, just got them a $1.4 billion stadium in Orchard Park. Looked like the Bills were going to get up and out of there. They, I don't think they Buffalo wanted to re-sign. The, they didn't want to put a new stadium in Orchard Park. It cost a lot of money for them. But Josh Allen alone saved the Bills. I want to get into that. Uh, and then McDaniel kind of talked at the owners meeting about Tyreek Hill, kind of getting us some more Tyreek Hill stuff. People are blowing it. I mean, just blowing it up. Some people are acting like it's the end of the world. The Kansas City Chiefs won't win more than four games or something. I'm just, honestly, it's getting a little annoying. It kind of blows my mind. And then I want to break down my early division predictions. And today, folks, exactly 30 days from the NFL Draft, we are getting into the first five picks of the Breaking the Goal Line 2022 mock draft. And I will be doing five picks every podcast up until the draft until we get to number 32. Yes, I am taking account of everything that's happened in free agency. And last year in my mock draft, I decided no trades. I don't want to do trades. I just want to do a mock draft how it is. I might have to do might have to do a couple trades in this mock draft. Still working it. Nothing in the top five. So we're good for today. We're still, re- still working this mock draft here as we go. But folks... Let's go ahead and dive into today's show. All right, and let's start with the NFL's owners meeting going on in Palm Beach, Florida right now. I'm sure a lot of you maybe have seen the picture by now of all the coaches. Every year at the owners meeting, they take a coach's picture. Now, not every coach shows up to this. Bill Belichick probably shows up to this 50, 60% of the time. You know, there are some coaches that do not, it's, it is not a mandatory thing. You know, unless your owner or your GM says, hey, you know, I I, I need you there. You're going to come. Coach, you know, big time coaches, you know, they kind of, Belichick's, they take a pass. I'm sure if McVeigh didn't want to come to this thing this year, he could have taken a pass. You know, but for the most part, majority of the coaches come. All the GMs come and all the owners come. And I mean, it is an owner's meeting. But owners meeting it's it's not an owner's meeting it's just the title of it sure the owners get together they vote on rules and stuff like that i saw that they made an amendment to the rooney rule you know they do they go through that stuff but that's it's not the real purpose or the point of these meetings i guess it is for the nfl and the owners that's the point of it for them to come to agreements vote on new rules vote on amendments vote on whatever it may be but behind the doors behind those closed doors The GMs and the coaches, they're mingling with their finger foods. They got their cocktails. Half of them are looking fucking fantastic. And then you got Matt Rule, who doesn't know how to tailor his pants and just looks fucking horrible. Matt Rule looks like a guy they just pulled off the street. Not only can he not coach, he looks like shit. Just, come on, dude. Be better. Be better. You're an NFL coach. Be better, buddy. So, but these guys are all together. And I talked about this during the combine That the Combine is great. It's there. They're going to watch these players. They're going to talk to these players. They're going to go on the whiteboard. They're going to do all this stuff. But they're also going to talk to each other. They mingle with each other. Teams and teams and teams and teams. GM, GM, coach, coach, whatever it may be. This is their last chance before the season starts. They had the offseason. You know, they had the offseason's first started rolling. Then the Combine. They all started getting together. Now, I mean, all these GMs, they they have each other's numbers. They just give each other a call or email or text at any time. But things really start to get the ball moving and rolling when you meet face-to-face. Why do you think so much shit happens after the Combine every single year? Look, after the Combine, we had how many trades? I mean, Russ, Deshaun, Tyreek, Devontae. I guarantee you, all of those trades, majority of them, were planted at the Combine. Were talked about at the Combine. Now, what do you think is going to happen here? The same thing. They get together, they have their cocktails, they eat their fucking finger foods or they go out to bars like, you know, Vrabel is a kind of, Vrabel's the guy to get go out to bars. You know, him, Kyle, and and, and McVeigh are out there fucking getting smashed at some bar. But they're talking trades. They're talking, they're talking scheme. They're talking schematic. They're talking, like, now they're not giving away anything they're going to do in the season. But when guys, when coaches, when players, when GMs get around other coaches, players, and GMs, you talk ball. This is what you do. It's just natural. When I get around my friends that I play football with, I talk ball. We talk ball. It's just a natural, instinctive thing, and this their job is to talk football, is to build a great football team, to win playoff games, to win a division, to win a Super Bowl. How do you do that? Well, I mean, you can't just go with your roster every year, year in and year out. Six, what is it? 60% of every roster is rotated year in and year out. Now that might be a little that might be a little inflated. Just because, I mean, I think it seems Ra- like the Rams are kind of bringing that number down as of recent years. Kind of keeping their teams. It's not so much turnover just because they're paying big guys. Like they're just paying for their teams. I get that. But this is the coaches and GM's last, and really the owners. Like, if the owner really wants a player, he can make a push. He can go to that owner. He can go to that GM. He can go to that play, uh, coach. You know, hey, what is it going to take to get Jimmy Garoppolo? What is it going to take to get Khalil Mack? What is it going to take to get Amari Cooper? You know, whatever it may be, this is the last time they get to talk before the season starts. And, you know, it's funny to me, a lot of people think that, you know, it's just these trades just happen all willy-nilly. Like, why did they trade him? What are they doing? Like, why would they just trade him to that team? I don't know. They've probably been talking for weeks. The GM, the coaches, they've probably been talking for weeks about this trade. It makes sense for both teams. It's not like... 99% of all trades don't just happen... Because they happen. You know, the other 1% that happened because of maybe, uh, I don't know, legal reasons or just a bad locker room guy, or maybe you're Jim Ursay like Carson Wentz, and he just fucking hates your guts and he trades you. Because clearly Carson was traded only because the owner hated his guts. I mean, I don't think Chris Ballard was going to trade Carson Wentz. It didn't seem like that was the right move. But Jim Irsay hated his guts. So he said, you're out of here. But all these trades, all these inner working things that happen, that seem like, eh, oh, it's got to be rigged, it's got to be, they're all just inner working. It's an inner web. All these GMs, all the coaches, all the NFL owners, they're on a different inner web than us. And they have times like this, in the owner meetings, in the combine, where they can sit down and they can actually get shit done. No phone calls, no meetings, no text, no I'll call you back. Sit down with the cocktail and you talk about how you're going to trade me Tyreek Hill. That's how shit goes down here. Now, speaking of Tyreek Hill, he was traded to the Miami Dolphins well, last week, Friday. Was it Friday last week? So it's been a couple days now, four days-ish. And you would think that uh, the world is on fire. That we are going into nuclear war. Uh, you would think that the st- Kansas City no longer exists. That they just packed their bags up. Mahomes is retired. Andy Reid is not a person anymore. You know, they don't have Frank Clark. I don't even know who that is, right? Chris Jones, no clue. Travis Kelsey, he's not even a real person. It's it's like, it's like Thanos snapped his fingers and all of a sudden the entire Kansas City team has disappeared. Oh my God, where have they gone? How could they do this? This is a travesty. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. Oh my God, oh my God. This is all I'm hearing. This is all I'm hearing. What a horrible move. Mahomes is nothing without Tyreek. They can't do it. What are you doing? Speed. It's all the speed. It's all the speed. Just people just constantly. All fucking day. Since the day that this, the minute, the second that this trade happened. That's all you're hearing. Like Kansas City's gone. Like Like, they don't exist anymore. This is ridiculous this is ridiculous he was a wide receiver folks now i understand i understand that Tyreek hill is a phenomenal player he's a great player a six-time pro bowler in six seasons he's been he's he's he's, an, he's a four-time all pro all right so he's 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 a real player in this league he's got elite speed he is one of one right there's nobody like Tyreek hill his speed his change of directions i i get it i understand but uh, holy shit folks he's a wide receiver he is a wide receiver and they are a dime of dozen really they are a dime of dozen like you could get 14 wide receivers in the first three rounds this year you could have got 20 in the first three rounds last year I, I i don't i don't understand i i don't get it second third and fourth round draft picks that's what hits in wide receivers this in this league. Now, occasionally you have your first rounder, you know, like your Jamar Chase's and your Justin, Je- well, Justin Jefferson was a second rounder, so your Jamar Chase, but for the most part, all these stud wide receivers, they're coming in the second, third, fourth round. They're coming through free agency, right? They're coming through other teams. You can get so many wide outs. I understand that Tyreek Hill, it, it, it changes how defenses defend the Kansas City Chiefs. I understand that because of his top end speed. But if let me let me ask let me ask everyone a question just real quick. Does Miami Dolphins right now with Tyreek Hill on this team our defense is going to dramatically play the Miami Dolphins different than what they saw last year on tape? No. Now, are they going to play them a little bit different? Sure. But at the end of the day, they're going to play him the same. Why? Because Tua Tagovailoa is their quarterback, not Patrick fucking Mahomes. The reason why teams are so scared of Tyreek Hill, it's because Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. I understand that Tyreek Hill can fly, and whenever he has his ball in his hands, he can take it to the house. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he's not a remarkable player. But I'm saying that Tua Tagovailoa is not Patrick Mahomes. That these defenses are more scared of Patrick Mahomes than they are of Tyreek Hill. I do not care. Now, Tyreek Hill, he's a game changer. He literally can, it's not death by a thousand cuts. It's, it's, you're done. Like, it's an atomic bomb. It's an explosion when it happens. But not many quarterbacks are going to be able to make Tyreek Hill be an atomic bomb. There's only a handful of quarterbacks that can make Tyreek Hill into an atomic bomb. Other than that, Tyreek Hill is just a really fast wide receiver. If he does not have Mahomes, Herbert, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Is there another? I don't I don't know. I don't think so. If he doesn't have those guys to me, Tyreek Hill is not an atomic bomb. Tyreek Hill is a fast wide receiver. To me, without those guys, he's just a better version of Deshaun Jackson. With those guys, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a wide receiver. He's a wide receiver. There are so many other positions that are more needed than wide receiver. I don't care how much you want to tell me the NFL is changing. It's geared up more towards offense, more towards the receivers. Okay, cool. But you know what that means? It's geared towards more towards the receivers, right? It's geared more towards the quarterbacks. That means you don't have to be as talented of a player to be successful. Yes or no? Yes. The answer is yes. That that was not a rhetorical question. The answer is 100% yes. It is easier now for anybody, anybody, to be a wide receiver in the NFL. So why do I need Tyreek Hill? Why do I need to play Tyreek Hill four years, $125 million, when I got fucking number 15 back there slinging it? I I just don't understand. Why are we all thinking that it's the end of the world? What are you all doing? What are we doing here? This is ridiculous to me. He's a wideout. He is a wide out. They are icing. They are not the cake. I don't even care. 2022, they're still not the cake. I I don't don't understand. I, I don't get it. You know, Cooper Cup was a dominant receiver last year. He was dominant. Absolutely amazingly dominant. But guess what? They also went out and got another wide receiver named Odell Beckham, even when Cooper was dominant, just to add more icing. Some people like a lot of icing. But what happened? The Cincinnati didn't like that much icing, so they took so they took some of the icing off. Did it change the game? Did the Rams lose that football game because Odell Beckham did not play anymore? No, they did not. Now I know you say, "Well, Russ, they still had Cooper Cup and he made plays." Okay, well, don't they still have Travis Kelsey and can he make plays? I I just my head cannot wrap around this argument. This is such a good move. This is the only move that the Chiefs had. I I, I just. It's it's honestly really starting to fucking bug me. I I I, I, I am getting frustrated here, <laughs> and I think I think you can all hear it in my voice. The fact that everyone is freaking out that a wideout, that a five foot nine wideout or however tall he is, leaves the Kansas City Chiefs, who've hosted four straight AFC Championship games, and now the Chiefs have just disappeared because they don't have him anymore. Oh, there goes the speed. Number ten's gone. The Chiefs are gone, folks. We're going into the wind. They don't exist anymore. And let's jump over to Buffalo, New York. Upstate New York. Beautiful country, folks. Been there. Uh, I, I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with it when I was there. It's just a small town. It's, it's quiet. It's awesome. It, it fo- I mean, tailgates are great. The stadium is old, but what a blast. It's just so much fun to go to a Bills game, into that atmosphere, at, Orch- at Orchard Park, and just. Just have a great fucking time. I mean, you got guys jumping through tables. The tailgate is insane. The game is insane. The atmosphere is electric. You know, the the, the songs of the crowd is electric. It's a great, great atmosphere to go watch a football game. And their stadium is old. But now they're getting a new one. And there was some talks. There was some rumblings now for the last probably about two years that the Buffalo Bills were no longer going to be in Buffalo. There was talks they were going to move to Toronto. There was talks they were going to move to another part of the state. They were going to move out of New York. There was a lot of these talks going on, interworkings with the NFL. And it's mostly because they did not, the state of New York, did not want to pay for a stadium for the Buffalo Bills. That's a fact. This wasn't because they didn't want to pay for them because they sucked. All right, Bills fans, I'm sorry. I know you got Josh out, but we're talking the past now. You were horrible. I mean, for decades on decades, you were terrible. And it's just, why would they build you another stadium? Why would you do that? Your contract was ending. The stadium was falling apart. I heard the reports that there was some place, like, they had to come in and, like, do some structure because the fire department or whatever said that some of it was unsafe. The stadium's old. You know, but they are now getting a new 1.5 Four dollar stadium in orchard park in orchard park i was afraid they were going to move just like chicago the bears are no longer going to be in chicago that's happening folks that is a real thing they are moving about 30 miles what is it southeast they're no longer but they're still gonna be called the chicago bears like what what if you moved out of buffalo and still were in new york somewhere i guess i don't even know how that'd be possible will they still call them buffalo bills I don't know. Now, the Bears, you Bear fans got to worry about that. Bills, you don't. $1.4 billion stadium. And I saw, I saw like the outline, the picture of uh, kind of what they want it to be. Look sweet. Looks sweet. And you know what? They could have went for a dome here, but they didn't. They did not. Because they're not of fucking soda. All right? They, 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 they know how to play in the weather, in the elements where football should be played. They're not fucking Detroit. They don't play in domes. They don't hide away from the domes. Josh Allen, he says, no, 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 no. We want the weather. Unlike Aaron Rodgers, Josh actually likes to play in the cold. He thinks it benefits him in Buffalo, and it does. It doesn't benefit Aaron. Not at all. Aaron deserves a dome. Aaron, you should petition the Green Bay. You know what Aaron should have done? He should, guys. I'll take less money, but let's cover this bad boy up, all right? Because I can't play in this shit anymore. Clearly, I can't win you championships. Josh Allen, though, in this new stadium, that's going to be open. One point four million dollars built in Orchard Park can win playoff games in the cold in that place. I I, I think I, I'm ex- I'm happy for the Bills, Bills fans for Buffalo. You know for the state of New York. I think this is great, but it's Josh Allen who did this for you. It is only Josh Allen who did this for you. It's it's pretty crazy. You get a quarterback, any in, in in by his you know third year. He's a top five quarterback in the league. You know, by his fourth year, he's he's talking about being MVP, top five, you know, going into his fifth year and you're, you're, I mean, one of the top teams projected to win the Super Bowl. That is how you get a stadium built. But without Josh Allen, none of it is possible. I don't care if you still have every single coach, every player, everything that you have without Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, it would be impossible for them to have a new stadium in Ultra Park. And they'd be somewhere else. So, I know Josh Allen is beloved in Buffalo. He is so beloved in Buffalo. I bet today, after these new announcements come out, he is 10 times more loved. Because they know. These Bill fans, who are diehard fans, know that they were this close of getting their own stadium ripped out of their state. From getting their team that they've rooted for, that they've cheered for, for decades on decades... Would be out somewhere else. Winning championships in Florida or something. Or, you know, I I don't know where they would move to. You know, or not get a new stadium. It, It would just, it would look like it was getting ugly. But it's not anymore. And now for the Bills, you go, shit, new stadium. I think it said by like 2026 or something. New stadium, Josh Allen, McDermott. We're looking good. Got like this, got like top, you're in like the top three odds to win the Super Bowl. You're pretty good to be a Buffalo Bill fan right now pretty good to be a Buffalo Bills fan right now. All right, folks, and with that, let's get to my early division predictions. Now, this can change. This is just my kind of post-big free agency. I know we still got some free agency going on. We still got guys like Bobby Wagner and, 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 you know, uh, I mean, there's some some good offensive linemen out there, a couple running backs, receivers, you know, we got, we, there are some veteran players on the market that could still fill in some holes, fill in some gaps, but for the most part, for the most part, other than your Bobby Wagners, your Tyron Matthews, we, we kind of have a feeling of where these teams are going to go now. We kind of maybe have a feeling of where they're going to go on the draft, where, where they're going to develop and what they're doing for the future. So I just, th- these, these can change. I might do another one after the draft, maybe a week or so after the draft, I'll probably do another one, or I might look at it and see if anything changes. Uh, but right now, here's my early division predictions, and we'll start with the AFC. All right, so the AFC North. Let's get it going there. And this division, I started looking at it just right here, right now. From what they got, let's break it down. Well, the Browns they drafted, draft they traded for Deshaun Watson. They said Baker, you ain't breaking our bread anymore. You're out of here. You're not good enough. You don't put in. I mean, there's no yeast in the bread. Shit, just flat. There's no rising. You gotta you gotta you gotta yeast it up. It's gotta rise. So the Browns bread is not rising. So they went out and got Deshaun, but he's gonna be suspended. Probably a lengthy suspension here. So this year for the Browns to me, it's kind of a wash year. And I think Browns fans, you kind of know that too. So wash year for the for the Cleveland Browns. The Steelers added a quarterback after their Hall of Fame quarterback retired. They added themselves a Mitchell Trubisky. Now, I don't hate myself some Mitchell Trubisky. I really don't. I think that he is a talented player. Now, I don't think he's a top 20 quarterback though. And in my, so to me, he's a backup. But if he could come in and what the Steelers have done is silently upgraded their offensive line. They've added playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, which was already good. Miles Jack to go along with fucking TJ Watt, right? They still have playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. A decent team here. We got a decent team. If they still got Tomlin, one of the best coaches in the league. If Trubisky can just not turn the ball over, I expect the Steelers to compete, right? Let's go Ravens. Baltimore Ravens, off of injuries, off of everything last year. Lamar got hurt. They had like seven running backs hurt. They had like three cornerbacks hurt. And with all that, they still have put together a pretty decent season. And we're in the playoffs. We're in the division run the entirety of the year. The entirety of the year. The Ravens have put together a couple pieces that worked on their offensive line. Lamar's healthy. They're thinking about maybe adding a wide receiver. I can see a Julio Jones come in there. Add some veteran piece. I can see a draft in there. Their defense, they added a defensive lineman, added a corner. I like what they've done. And the defending division champion, the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, one thing I like about Cincinnati, although they have gave up CJ Uzama and they gave up one of their uh, linebackers, they are adding to their offensive line like crazy. Like crazy. They are protecting Joe Burrow. They saw what happened last year. I mean, he got sacked, what, nine times against Tennessee, and they still won? I don't know how. they get sacked nine times in a playoff game and you still win? That's insane. But so they're they're looking to protect Joe Burrow here. And, and that's that's the best thing you can do. He's one of the best players in the league. We saw that. He's proven it. This dude, cool, he's cool Joe. But AFC North here... I'm going to go hang my early division hat on the Baltimore Ravens. I like what the Ravens are at this year. I, I think they can really put it together. Lamar's in his fifth year, right? So he's betting on himself. He has not got a contract yet. Now, maybe they can work one out during the season, but Lamar is betting on himself. Now, either way, doesn't really matter what happens this year. Lamar's still going to get paid pretty decent money. He won an MVP for this team, right? Taking this team to playoffs. So, i just i mean he's betting on himself i think i expect lamar to have a pretty good year this year i expect john harbaugh you know to get this team going again if they can just stay injury free and i know you can say that about any team but they were so riddled with them last year just riddled with them last year i like the ravens to bounce back and win this division another thing folks there hasn't been back-to-back division winners in the afc north since like 2010 so I'm not gonna pick the Cincinnati Bengals to go back to back because we see in this division it doesn't happen. To me, there's three teams that can win this division: it's Cincinnati, it's Baltimore, and it's the Steelers. I would say the Ravens do have about a game and a half notch over the other two teams, but if Trubisky can't turn, if Trubisky doesn't turn the ball over and that defense is raw, they can win this division. If Joe Burrow is just honestly, I guess better, just just Joe Burrow, they win this division because they clearly he's the better quarterback. He is the best quarterback. In this division. Because, I mean, Deshaun hasn't played in a year. But I'll take AFC North and give me the Baltimore Ravens to win that division. Let's go AFC South. Uh, let's let's kind of break it down here. Honestly, the Houston Texans, I'm really comparing the Houston Texans here. I like what they're doing with Davis Mills. It looks like they're going to let the young guy go and see what he's got. I love that move for them. I love that move. Go, he showed some talent. He definitely did. He's, he's going to get it going on. Keep yourself with some Davis Mills. Uh, the Colts, Colts traded for Matt Ryan. They, they <laughs> what is it? Their, their, different starting quarterback. I think it's their fifth different starting quarterback. Five years in a row, they've had five different starting quarterbacks. Uh, it's, but listen, I think Matt Ryan's a good one. Their offensive line needs a little bit of work. They need a left tackle, but they added to the defense. They they maybe can use another playmaker on uh, on that wide receiver spot. But they're okay. The Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans won the division last year. They have Derrick Henry. They have Mike Vrabel, I think, is one of the best coaches in the league. Their defense was dramatically improved last year than it was. Now, Derrick Henry was hurt last year. He came back. He did look good, but he's a running back. How long is that or are those legs going to last? You know, kind of looks like Tannehill. He's getting up there. What is he like 32 now? He's kind of coming down the end. I mean, you can kind of saw it at the end of last year. Yeah, you know? but I do add I like what they've done. I like, I love their coach. In Jacksonville is Jacksonville, folks. They're they're just not there yet. They're close. This is only the Colts and the Titans. And to me, give me the Indianapolis Colts right here, right now. I like the Matt Ryan move. I think the Matt I think Matt Ryan is going to have something to prove. He's going to go in, a change of scenery, a change of talent around him, a change of personal life. You know, his family got to go. They got to find a new place. But I, I, Matt Ryan is just the guy that makes the best out of everything. And I really believe that this is a good fit. I do think this is a good fit. And if they they got to the playoffs with Phillip Rivers... They can get to the playoffs with Matt Ryan. So give me the Colts to win the AFC South. AFC East, honestly, this is pretty easy, folks. It's the Bills, and it's not very close. I think the second team is going to either be the Dolphins or the Patriots. Obviously, the Jets, I do think, will compete a little bit more this year. They're going to add some talent. It depends on where they go in the draft. If they take my draft picks, I think the Jets can win seven games this year if Zach Wilson is good minimum minimum seven games if Zach Wilson is good they got some talent folks and Robert Sully knows how to coach defense and that defense is coming together okay and you're gonna I mean you beat on your AFC East they beat on each other even even when they're all shitty they still beat on each other I, I can see the Jets steal a couple couple freaking division wins here but it's the Bills winning this division they clearly have the best roster they have the best quarterback they have the second best coach they have the best special. They have the second best special teams. They just—they're either the best or the second best in every category in this division, and they're only second best to Bill Belichick in coaching and special teams. And that's probably about—and that's probably about it. And, and McDermott is a fucking Belichick guy, so he just gets better and better every year. And that defense is going to be good now. Adding Von Miller, right? You, you just let Josh Allen work. This Bills team wins the East. Honestly, I think they win it probably by about three games. AFC West, where all the commotion has happened this offseason, Denver, Raiders, Chargers, Kansas City, who doesn't exist anymore. Do we even need to talk about them? Are they still a team? Wait, I forgot, because Tyreek Hill's not there anymore. Guys, Tyreek Hill's not on the Chiefs. I don't know if the Chiefs are a team anymore. I I, I gotta, gotta figure that out. Well, I mean, sucks, because I have the Chiefs winning this division. So if the Chiefs are no longer a team anymore... I don't think they can win this division. So Tyreek Hill is going to win this division uh, because apparently they're the Kansas City Tyreek Hills and not the Kansas City Chiefs. But I like the Chiefs still. They are king. They are still king. Now let's break down the AFC West here. Let's start with Denver. They have a first-year head coach who I liked him, right? I like him in Green Bay. I thought under LaFleur, you know, guys sing his praises, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, LaFleur. He seems like he's a smart guy, but he's a 1st year head coach and i love denver's roster i love what they got but they still have some young guys now they got a lot of veteran and i think that defensive front is going to be the best in the nfl it's going to be hard to beat that defensive front bradley chubb dj jones randy gregory that's tough and then you got simmons is safety it's that defense i expect to be tough this roster is going to be good and i love russ i love russell wilson one of my favorite players i've ever seen watch but it's going to be his first year here on denver with a first-time head coach, okay? I, I, and, and all of you right now, oh, but Tom won a Super Bowl his first year, and and Stafford won a Super Bowl the first year with a different team. Yeah, but Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, who had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, a, a draft picks gonna be set up to draft, amazing studs, and they had Bruce Arians, and is going into his second year with that team. Like, this is a rookie head coach. Never coached that, never had a head coaching job before. Arians, we've seen him. In Indianapolis, Took, as, an, as an interim head coach, took him to the playoffs. The Cardinals took him to a fucking division title. Like, like he's, he's been around the block, folks. It's not like Tom Brady just went to nobody. And Matt Stafford went to Sean McVay, who had been to a Super Bowl three years before that with Jared Goff. <laughs> Russell Wilson's going to Nathaniel Hackett, a first-time head coach ever. That's not Sean McVay. The last time I checked, Nathaniel Hackett's name is not Sean McVay. So... I I just, it's not Bruce Arians. I'm pretty sure his name is Nathaniel Hackett. And I'm pretty sure he's a first-year head coach. So I'm going to take a first-year head coach, a first-year Russell Wilson, a lot of, some new pieces, some young pieces, some good veteran talent. I'm going to take that over the Kansas City Tyree Kills? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Let's go to the Raiders. Raiders added some pieces. Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones. (coughs) But then once again, the Raiders. Raiders. Now, I know McDaniels is not necessarily a first-time head coach because he was a head coach in Denver, but it was a disaster, folks. It was a disaster. He got ran out of the building. Ran out of the building. He started like 5 and 1. He he was it started good and then it went bad really 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 fast. Uh, apparently, I mean, it wasn't just bad on the field. It was bad in the locker room. It was bad on practices. McDaniels didn't know what he was doing yet. Now, do I think McDaniels is going to be a lot better than what he was in Denver? 100%. Do I like what him and Ziegler are doing? 100%. Am I going to pick the Raiders, Derek Carr, Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, and all them boys to beat the Kansas City Tyreek Hills? You bet your fucking ass I'm not. Absolutely not. Am I picking the Raiders, who have not beaten the Chiefs in the last what six meetings? They, the, I think the combined score of the two meetings with the Chiefs and the Raiders last year, I think it was like fifty-two to nine. Fifty-two to nine. I'm pretty sure was the fucking final score of the combined two games. Some crazy like that. Okay, and I know that it was the Hills and Tyree Hills, the reason why they probably scored so many points. <laughs> Just. 52-9? I don't care they had interim head coach for one of them and John Gruden for the other. I don't care. You, you, you just... They're not beating this team right now. Not yet. Now, McDaniels, This is not the year yet. I, I still look at McDaniels as a first-year head coach. I like the moves. I love Chandler Jones. I do, I, do, I like that pickup. It's, it's smart. It's good. You gotta go... You gotta try to beat Mahomes. How do you do it? Get a pass rusher. Just... It's a lot going on here. A lot going on for the Raiders. A lot of expectations on the Raiders right? A lot, a lot, a lot. I just don't see it. But the only team that I can see win this division over the Kansas City Tyreek Hills is the Chargers. In my mind, the Chargers are the only one. Brandon Staley coming back for his second year. Justin Herbert now is going to be his third year. They brought back Mike Williams. They brought in Khalil fucking Mack. J.C. Jackson. They added talent after talent after talent to a team was already talented. On paper, the Chargers have the best roster in the NFL. To me, it's not even close. It's not even close on paper, right? I just, but is Brandon Staley? It's on Brandon Staley. Are you going to win this division, Brandon? Or are you going to call, you know, a run play on fourth and three from your own 15-yard line? I just, what are you going to do? Because you got Herbert. You got Eckler. You got you got Mike Evans, you got fucking uh, Keenan Allen. Your offensive line has upgraded; is dramatically better. Your defense is now going to be dramatically better. It's if I'm honestly, if they don't win this division, to me, it's kind of a disappointing season. You're ready to go, and now you're looking over. And now the Chiefs don't have Tyree Kill, you should be licking your lips a little bit. Like, they don't have that big playmaker, so we should be able to come out and compete with the Chiefs. They beat them once last year. They almost beat them twice. So, in my mind, the Chargers are the only one to dethrone the Kansas City Tyree Kills. But until they do, until they do, and until Andy Reid is no longer there, and until Patrick Mahomes is no longer there, and I said this last week, until these boys are not there, Until 15's not slinging it how he's slinging it, until Andy Reid's the calm place how he is, the Kansas City Chiefs are the king of the fucking mountain. All right, let's jump into the NFC, and let's start with the NFC North. NFC North, honestly, I I just, I mean, it's not much to talk about. The Detroit Lions, I expect them to be a little bit better this year just because I really like Dan Campbell. I, I like Dan Campbell. I like, the, I like what he's bringing to Detroit. You know, they're not going to have much talent. They're still working on it. Their quarterback is still Jared Gall for the moment. But, I, I mean, the Vikings aren't winning. I mean, the Lions aren't winning this division. The Lions aren't going to I mean, it's not even close, right? It's not even close. Chicago? Chicago also is not winning this division. They have a first-time head coach now, first-time GM. They, they got a second-year quarterback. Their offensive line is a mess. Now they've added pieces to their offensive line. They've added some pieces to their defense. They traded away Khalil Mack. They got some picks there. The Bears, they, they need they need they need to get some talent around Justin. They need to add to their offensive line a little bit more. They need to get their defense up. They got a ways to go. They're nowhere close to winning this division. The Green Bay Packers traded away Devontae Adams in malpractice. And I know everyone, go ahead and get on me and jump about how I'm saying. Oh, it's a good move for the Chiefs to trade Tyreek Hill, but it's a bad move for the Packers to trade Devontae Adams. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because Aaron Rodgers is like 47 years old. And Devontae Adams is like 39. Okay, that's not exactly true. Devontae is like 31, right? 31. And Aaron's 37. You keep those guys together. Patrick Mahomes is 26. Tyreek Hill is 28. You don't need like you'll keep them together forever. No, you can't. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. They co- they cost too much money. The Devontae Adams was malpractice. You're not paying anybody else. I mean, you don't have a, a Travis Kelsey you're also giving money to. You you let Zayaria Smith go. You you cut him so you didn't have to pay him the money he wanted. I just I, I don't I don't get it. it's malpractice to let Devonte Adams go when he's your only weapon when you're not the Kansas City Chiefs, when you have not been to four straight AFC championship games. That's different, right? Devontae Adams was the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I mean, I guess Aaron is the Green Bay Packers. And Aaron Jones is great, right? And Rodgers is Rodgers. But Devontae Adams, I, I just... I don't know how you let that guy go. Man. That's malpractice. And it's it's not because you couldn't pay him. It's because he didn't want to play there anymore. That's what's malpractice. He did not want to be in your organization anymore. He did not want number 12 throwing him footballs anymore. He didn't want to wear that disgusting, putrid, fucking green uniform anymore. So the Green Bay Packers don't win this division, the Minnesota Vikings do. And I don't think my stance is going to change even after the draft. It might. We'll see what Green Bay does. We'll see what Green Bay can do. But in my mind, even with a first-year head coach, the Minnesota Vikings have... Their their team is, has too many veterans. Too many veterans. You, you've, you, your offensive line just got better. Now, their defense needs a little work. They added a couple guys, but they need to try to go out and take a big swing. I just think where Green Bay is right now, sure, Aaron, you're going to win 10, 11 games probably, more than likely. I mean, let's see. That's two against the Lions. It's two against Chicago. That's four games right there. You'll win one against Minnesota. That's five games. You know, you'll win a couple other games. You'll win 10 games, right? I think Minnesota wins this division. Because I don't think the Green Bay Packers, I don't think they know where they are. I don't think they understand who they are. They they feel like a team that's so desperate. They feel like a team that's gasping for air. And I'm never going to pick a division winner that's gasping for air. So give me the Minnesota Vikings to win the AFC North. I'm sorry, NFC North. NFC South, another, uh, I mean, this this is much like the Buffalo Bills. It's Tampa Bay, and it's pretty much not even, it's going to be a cakewalk. I th- I think it'll pretty be a cakewalk. Tom's back. Who's going to win this division? Carolina? Sam Darnold? And Matt Rule, who doesn't know how to fucking get his pants tailored? Looking like a bum in a picture when you're standing next to Sean McVay, who looks like he's 007? Fucking sly and all. Cliff Kingsbury, just a couple rows down, looking like a stud. You're just looking like you just had three cheeseburger. got the crumbs in your beard, your pants aren't tailored. You think that guy's winning the division? Hell no. Atlanta? I'm sorry. No, they traded away Matt Ryan for a reason. You know, it's time to, you know, Marcus Mariota? Is Mariota going to win that division? Mariota's going to beat Tom Brady. Mariota's going to beat out Tom Brady for that division. Marcus Mariota. That's that's not going to happen. Oh, let's go to Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen, the new head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, him and Drew B- oh wait, no, Drew Brees doesn't play there anymore. Who's their quarterback? Oh yeah, Jameis Winston, who I like, could be a starter in this league, you know, he's got some talent, but Dennis Allen's his coach. We've seen Dennis Allen coach. It was fucking horrible. It was really bad. De- don't, don't give me, please, please Saints fans, don't give me you're winning this division this year. I still like your roster, you got some talent. I think you beat Tampa Bay once this year, more than likely, you're not winning this division. Please stop, New Orleans. Bring back Sean Payton. We could talk. NFC East, a division that's also kind of in shambles, kind of rebuilding, not rebuilding. Teams think that they're there and they're not even close. Uh, NFC East is just, it's riddled with your Cowboys, your Giants, your Washington football team, Commandos, Commanders, Commodores, uh, uh, whatever you want to call them. It's just not good. Eagles. Give me, honestly, in this division, give me the Washington football team. Washington Commanders. Washington Commodores. Washington Communists. Whatever the fuck you want to call them. Folks, this isn't a joke. Ron Rivera has got this team turned around. He's got the culture turned around. Now, he's got to deal with a batshit owner. But I think Ron Rivera knows what he's doing. Riverboat Ron knows what he's doing. And they went out and got themselves a Carson Wentz. Now, while Carson Wentz He's got some problems in the locker room as a guy, it kind of seems like. It might be a little toxic. He dude the dude the dude can ball on the field. 27-7 last year. 27-7 last year. I just I mean, there are every team in the league, except for like five or six, would take twenty seven and seven from their quarterback every single year. It's that's folks, I don't I don't think you understand that that's that's good. That's good. So I, I'm gonna go out and they get Carson Wentz. You know, it's a much upgrade from Heineke. And let's look around this division. Who, who's gonna win it? The Dallas Cowboys? They've they've gotten worse on both the offensive and defensive line. They've gotten worse at their skill position. Amari Cooper, gone. Cedric Wilson, gone. I I, 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 I mean, the offensive line, Connor, Connor Williams, gone. Your left tackle is a shell of himself. Your right tackle cannot move anymore. You 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 still are paying Ezekiel Elliott the highest paid running back in the NFL. And he doesn't do dick. His best attribute is that he can pass block. That's his best attribute. A running back that cannot run the football anymore, but his best attribute is to pass block so he's a fullback, but you're paying him as the highest paid running back? Ridiculous. Ridiculous, Dallas. I I I would be shocked, shocked if the Cowboys win more than ten, I, I nine games. I think the, I think they win nine games is their max, maybe. And if they do win nine, they probably win the division. I, I think all these teams are floating around the seven to nine range. You know the Giants, they're not. They stink. Daybull, I like you, but this year you're gonna struggle with Daniel Jones. Give me four wins for the Giants and the Eagles. Well, I like that. I think they have talent. I love Howie. I, I, I really do. And I think Serini, Serrini, showed us last year. He can coach a little bit. Right? He can coach a little bit. But, well, I like their talent, I like some of the pieces they have around them, they're either a quarterback or a draft or two away from competing for this division. I'd say a draft away from competing or a new quarterback. But Jalen Hurts is probably not the guy. But give me Washington uh, Commanders. Commanders, yeah, some I don't know. Commodores, Just give me the Washington Football Team to win this division, baby. And finally, last but not least, the NFC West, and we're gonna have we're gonna have a repeat here. It's pretty obvious when you think about it. It's not gonna be Seattle because Russell Wilson is no longer there. Pete Carroll is gonna go with Drew Locke, and they're gonna be a shell of what they used to be. It's not gonna be San Francisco. I would be hard pressed to see San Francisco win this division mainly because it's either going to be a second-year player, Trey Lance, who hasn't played football really since, like, 2019. He played one game in 2020, right? One game. It's, I mean, because of COVID and everything kind of knocked his season out. So he hasn't played a lot of football in a long time. So you either got this guy or they're going to run it back with Jimmy G. I just, I mean, I like the Niners. I think I love Kyle Shanahan. I think their team is it can be there. But I don't, I don't, I don't, see them winning, beating the Rams for this division. Now the only team, and the team that's a wild card that makes could have a chance is the Cardinals. They're a wild card to win this division. I just don't know what they're gonna be. I, I don't know what the small guy, the small guy at quarterback, he makes me nervous. The little guy makes me uneasy. And Cliff Kingsbury's play calling is shaky at best. I just, sure we can, we, they can open up the season September. You know, October and, I don't know, go on a five, six game winning streak, be like six and one at one point, just like last year. And then they just fucking fall apart. I I just don't see how the Rams do not repeat as division winners in the NFC West. Uh, Seattle's not even going to be competition. I don't even know what Arizona's going to do. San Francisco is going to compete. San Francisco is going to compete no matter who's their quarterback because Kyle Shanahan's fucking amazing right and they, they, he's got that team going and nick bosa and they got playmakers all over the place tebow samuels their running backs are gonna be fine look they're they're gonna compete and honestly they, they might have better chance than the cardinals do because there's so many question marks for the cardinals they lost chandler jones you lose a slot receiver in christian kirk right your quarterback once money is 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 deleting you on social media then adding you on social it's so much noise there's so much turmoil going on in arizona I can't can't possibly pick a team to win a division when they're that loud and their quarterback's that small and, and their coach calls those kind of plays. Couldn't do it. Can't do it. So there it is. So there it is. My early division prediction, AFC North, give me the Ravens. South, give me the Colts. East, give me the Bills. West, give me the Chiefs. And the NFC North, give me the Vikings. South, give me the Bucks. East, East give me the Washington Football Commanders. And the West... Give me the defending Super Bowl champions to win their division again. There it is, the divisions. All right, and with that, folks, we are moving on to the 2022 Breaking the Goal Line Mock Draft. One through five today, folks. Six through ten, and so on and so forth. Every day until the draft. And uh, I got my I got my first five picks in. Uh, it goes First five picks, let everybody out. Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, the Jets, and the Giants. Those are the first five picks. Tell you right now, no trades going on in those first five. But ladies and gentlemen, the 2022 Breaking the Goal Line mock draft is now officially open. The Jacksonville Jaguars, you're on the clock. And with the first pick in the 2022 draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher out of Michigan. Now, at this point, I was originally <clears throat> going to go left tackle Evan Neal from Alabama here with this pick. But to me, with the, with the signing of Cam Robinson, <clears throat> the franchise tagging of Cam Robinson, <clears throat> geez, sorry. Franchise tag to Cam Robinson and bring in Brandon Sheriff to really sure up that defense. Well, you you got you got your you franchise tag to tackle. Your right tackle is is athletic and, and can move a little bit. You know, he he was okay. And Brandon Sheriff really brings in some steady play into that center interior offensive line. So with that case, what am I thinking here? If I'm Jacksonville right here, right now, well, I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars. I need something. I got my quarterback. We got a running back. We spent a lot of money this offseason to try to fill in some holes, and they did. They filled the offensive line holes, some playmaking holes, some defensive holes. What do they still need? They need a big-time edge rusher. They let Miles Jack go. Well, you need someone to fill Miles Jack's role on the defense side of the ball. And Aiden Hutchinson is a Miles Jack kind of player. He is 110% 110% 110% of the time. He never takes a playoff. He is the best pass rusher in this class. His motor is outstanding. He runs a 4-4. He's a, he runs a 4-4. He's big. Big body stops the run. He's from a big time program. I just, I like Aiden Hutchinson here. And look, if I'm a Jacksonville here, I don't I don't mind taking a tackle. I don't mind going Evan Neal. I don't even mind going Iki Inakwe. However you spell his fucking name. Uh, I don't. I don't mind taking a tackle there. Honestly, I, 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 if they do, I'd probably clap. But Aiden Hutchinson, right here for the Jacksonville Jaguars, just makes sense. Add a playmaking piece, add a pass rusher, get Jacksonville from being Jacksonville. The Detroit Lions, you are on the clock. With the second pick in the 2022 draft, the Detroit Lions select. Trayvon Walker, edge rusher from the University of Georgia, folks. This makes sense to me here. This might be a little bit too early on some people's boards, but Trayvon Walker to me is outstanding, and he is flying up draft boards left and right. I do think he's really in play for the Lions. And if I'm Detroit and Aiden Hutchinson's off the board, I, I, look, who are you trying to protect? You, like you don't need like you can always go out and get a tackle. You're Evan Neal's right. Your your icky uh igakus. You can always go out and get those guys, right? You can never go wrong, ever go wrong with drafting a tackle. But the Lions have Jared fucking golf. And the Lions are really trying to rework this thing. And Dan Campbell needs to bring something to this team. And Trayvon Walker is one of the most versatile players in this draft. His speed, his quickness, his strength, his fits in any scheme. He's so versatile. He rushes. He can cover. He's very much Miles Jack, but a better pass rusher. Uh, That's how I look at Trayvon Walker is Miles Jack, but a better pass rusher. And if you, anytime you can get a guy that made plays the way that this man made plays last year for that team to win a national championship and those plays he gave it against Alabama, just phenomenal. This kid has got a motor, he's got a work ethic, I like who he is as a person, and he has the chance to to, to make Detroit go, look at this team. Like, hey, we're going to talk about the Lions because we're talking about Trayvon Walker. Because this kid's a stud. The Houston Texans, you are on the clock. With the third pick in the 2022 NFL mock draft, the Houston Texans take left tackle... Evan Neal from the University of Alabama. Folks, if Evan Neal is here for Houston, I am running the card up, sprinting, sprinting the card up to the command. I don't, I don't even want him to leave the podium. I don't care. If I'm Houston and I see Aiden Hutchinson and then Trayvon Walker taken, or, or maybe Kayvon Thibodeau or whatever, or Icky's taken, if Evan Neal is on the board, I'm taking evan neal I, I i do not houston you got davis mills and laramie tunzel's not going to be there forever honestly you don't even know if you like him very much and guess what he's going to be a pain in the ass but he can play right guard or, i mean right tackle but so could evan neal you cannot have enough protection for a young quarterback that you're trying to see is the guy or not right i could I could that that's a case i could have made for tra, tra, uh, tra, uh lawrence in the jacksonville for number one overall it's the exact case I could have made. But right here, Houston, you just need some foundational pieces. Just build up your offensive line. Protect this kid. Because you can win football games at this kid's up. I, I like what I see in Davis Mills. But right here at number three, I think this is a steal. Give me Evan Neal. The New York Jets, you are on the clock. With the fourth pick in the 2022 NFL Draft... The New York Jets select left tackle Iki Iquanu out of NC State. Now, this is the guy. This is a guy here, folks. Big, strong, just physically, unbelievably gifted as a left tackle. I, 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 this guy is a freak of nature. And they just drafted a freak of nature last year. in Well, not like, two years ago in uh, Beckton. Mackay Becton, who was a, I mean, monster, runs like a 4-4. Icky is much of the same. He's a junior. He's a little raw, right? Just a little bit raw. But I think this right here for the Jets is an ideal situation. You need Zach Wilson to perform and succeed. You have now a second-year offensive coordinator in Mike LaFleur, who is from the Shanahan tree, likes to run a lot of those zone runs. He's going to love another tackle in this situation. You can't have too many of these great guys, especially when you're trying to protect a second-year quarterback. And what is what is what does floor like to do? Run the ball. He's a Shanahan guy. They're going to zone read, right? They're gonna, I mean, not zone read. They're going to run the zone off. I mean, a lot of zone, a lot of outside zone stretch counters. And they have uh, Becton went down for a little bit. They had a tackle step in Fant, last year, who was pretty good. That guy was actually pretty good. Right? So I guess you can make the case, oh, why do you need a tackle? Let Becton go. No, no, no. You bring this guy in, you put him at right. Icky can play right. And you let the other two fight for left. And it'll fight some fire under Becton's ass to be better. And guess what? The, the guy that doesn't get the starting job, well, you can either use him as a trade piece or keep him in three ta- three tackle situations because Fant, and I don't think is any relation to Noah Fant, but he does have some tight end background in college. Play a little tight end. So you can use, don't you think LaFleur is going to use that? I think LaFleur is going to use that. I think that makes sense to take some pressure off of your very small, very young quarterback. Right? Could be some talent. You've added some talent to the offense. you added some defense. Number four here makes sense. I know a lot of people are coming out and saying, grab the corner from Cincinnati. I think it's just too soon for a corner here. Get, how you, how do you win football games? You win it in the line of scrimmage. Let's get this up. Get your line of scrimmage. Get your offensive line that was the worst offensive line three years ago to arguably could have one of the best offensive line in the league next year. If I'm the Jets, that's exactly what I'm doing. Running the card up. Running the card up for this left tackle here. The New York football Giants. You are on the clock. And with the fifth pick in the 2022 NFL mock draft, breaking the goal line... The New York Giants, with the fifth pick, select edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Now, this one was tough for me, honestly. I I had Thibodeau fallen a little bit. You know, beginning of the year, I think Kayvon Thibodeau was pretty much everyone's number one guy. He was going to go number one overall. I think guys like Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, they kind of separating themselves edge rusher-wise strictly by who they are. And, I, I mean, just playmaking ability. Now, Kayvon is unreal. This dude, it, it just, he, he's unreal. He's fast. He's so athletic. He just bends like crazy. He, the dude is, he's kind of a freak. He's built like a brick shit house, But he gets hurt. I mean, he's only a junior. He was hurt every single year in college. He missed at least two games every single year he also has a little bit of an attitude problem also he told 32 teams at the combine that he was going to do drills in 30 minutes before it happened he fucking left i have issues with that that's why he drops to five but if he's sitting at five for the giants who needs something to happen. They're going with Daniel Jones. They just got they got Dable in. You know, they're trying to maybe make something here. They don't have a lot. They 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 took a fucking running back number two overall four years ago. They, you know, they don't have a lot going for them. But if you can bring a Kayvon Thibodeau, an, an unbelievable freak. And you could get him into that, and Dable can get him into the culture and, and get his head right, and make sure he's there. And he he doesn't have Devion Clowney, he doesn't take plays off, which is what I think he might do, which is why I think he might drop even further than this. But for me, if I'm sitting there, if I'm the Giants, and both left tackles are gone, I'm gonna go edge rush Kayvon Thibodeau. I, I just it makes sense to get some spark onto your team. This kid, he's a kid. He's a junior. You know, he's coming out as a junior. He's got some problems. Right? If you can work him, if you can tool, tool him, man, he could be a cornerstone of that rebuild in in New York. Man, he could be the cornerstone of that rebuild in New York. And he could be a freak. And honestly, in that division, I, I see a lot of sacks on Dak. You know, I could see a lot of sacks on Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts. I, just, I think Kayvon Thibodeau right here at five for the Giants. Makes some sense. So there you go. That's one through five. First pick, Jaguars select Aiden Hutchinson. Lions going Trayvon Walker. I got Houston going Evan Neal. The Jets going Iki Ina- and I- Ikuanu. I- Sorry, Iki Iquanu. and the Giants number five going Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, folks, remember this: this mock draft is not who I think that these teams are going to take. This is this this mock draft is who I would take if I'm in each one of these. Team shoes. If I'm the GM for each one of these teams, it's how I look at it. Every time I pick a player, it's 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 not what I think Carolina is gonna do. It's not what I think Atlanta is gonna do. It's not what I think the Vikings are gonna do. It's what I think they should do. And it's what I would do in that situation. What what's going on with your team? How do you build your team? Well, if you if you can take anything away from my first five picks it's three edge rushers and two tackles. So clearly for me the foundation to a team starts in the trenches. Uh, and there's going to be more to come. There's plenty of edge rushers and left tackles to be to be found in this first round. Uh, surprisingly, uh, maybe about four to five wide receivers can go too. There are, a lot can happen in this draft. Folks, there are seven teams, seven with at least two draft picks. There are 9 teams that don't have a single first round pick. 9. And now there are 7 with multiple picks. It's um it's going to be a very very interesting draft this year. And I cannot wait to just keep diving into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go go ahead and do it for me today. I uh, hope everybody had a great weekend. Enjoy the rest of your week. It's it's a little bit a little rainy here. You know, a little rain came out, but it should be cooled down the the heat's gonna start picking up here in arizona it was like 96 this weekend little hot little hot for the end of march but you know eventually it's gonna be 115 and we're gonna be crying about that but folks enjoy the rest of your week i'll talk to you at the end of it peace